Welcome, everybody, to the Cone of Shame Veterinary Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andy Work. Guys, I'm back with the one and only Jamie Holmes today. Jamie uh, is a dear friend of mine. Uh, she was my first employee. She is a uh, licensed veterinary technician. She is a deep thinker and uh, a wonderful facilitator and just uh, an excellent person to talk to. And we are looking at the year 2023 in review. We talk about uh, lessons that we learned. We talk about things that we're excited about in medicine and in the profession and in our personal lives and really just looking at 2023 to decide what we want to take into 2024. And uh, yeah, and just just what the lessons we learned and what we're sort of holding on to. So it is a really good conversation. I love, I love working with Jamie. She's amazing. So anyway, guys, I hope you'll really enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Welcome to the podcast, Jamie Holmes. How are you? I am amazing. How about you, Andy? I am amazing as well. I love having you on the podcast. It's uh, I am getting a lot of Jamie Holmes on the podcast right now because you are a person that I really enjoy sitting down and thinking out loud with and kind of working through things and reflecting on. You're one of the best reflectors that I know. And here we are at the end of the year. And yeah. uh, a, a number of years ago, I... I really started to think about New Year's resolutions and yeah. I, I've never, they've never worked for me. I, I've, they've always felt kind of false. I'm like, I, I would write down these things that were resolutions, but I, I knew as I wrote them, I wasn't really yeah. committed to this. And I also was like this whole, like making promises and then holding on by willpower. Like that, it doesn't really work. Yeah. The thing, the thing that I have seen work in my life as far as changing behaviors is not about forward focused promises. It's about backwards focused reflection. When I say sure. what worked or what did I do or what do I wish I did? Like, what do I regret? Because yeah. I, I think a lot of times if there's things that we go, Oh, I, I regret the choice that I made there. I have changed my behavior because of regrets that I have had, you know, for sure. Um, I, I have also looked back at things and said, man, that was amazing. And I'm doing, I'm doing that again. Like that is, that yeah. worked really well and I'm going for it. So as we record this, we're, we're in the Thanksgiving week, American we Thanksgiving are. week. And I, um, it's funny. I, I've taken this so far that I have a reminder in my calendar for, uh, for things I want to remember before I go to family Thanksgiving. And it's like bullet points of the things that have worked for me in the past and made it into a great yes. visit that I don't want to forget and have to relearn. And so I'm like, yeah. aha, these are things that have made the holiday better in the past. And so I have, uh, I have, I have reviewed those things and now I'm ready to go have a great holiday. But anyway, I was just, I I think that's how that's how I learn. That's how I grow. And so I yeah. find great value in start sitting down and looking back at the at uh, the last year and going, what did I learn? What do I regret? What do I want to take away? What was great that I want to do more of things like that? And so I was hoping you could go through that with me. Oh, gosh, I would love to do that. And uh, I have a similar reminder on my phone, but it is uh, things about uh, smoking the turkey that I want to remember. Because uh, every year you like you kind of okay. tweak the recipe just a little bit, and you're like, "This worked, this didn't work." Uh, oh, so yeah. mine, mine, it, you will be shocked. Mine is food related, while yours is interpersonal related. 
No, I, I, I totally get that. <laughs> I, you know, I, there's, there's all these pursuits that people, um, anytime you have to like write down what you did and make adjustments, I, I generally yeah. am out. I took a photography course in college and I was like, yeah, photography. And this is before iPhones, you know, so you had to do the camera yes. and everything. But the whole course was writing down your settings on your oh, camera no. and then tweaking it. And I was like, man, how to suck the fun out of uh, something I was excited about real fast. And so yeah. that's, that's kind of that. I'll also never be a great chef because I don't have the patience to cook the same thing twice Yeah, and like tweak it. I'm like, no, that was good enough. I would rather cook the exact same yes. thing and have it be good enough yeah. than yeah. I would play with it and try to make it slightly better. And that's, just, I, hear that's that. I think it's something about my personality. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's dig in. So I want to kind of do what we do uh, and be a little right. bit, uh, a little bit vulnerable and uh, let's wrap in some vet med. So I was thinking about things that were amazing this year, um, like things that you want to hold on to and remember. And I think that that's one of the things that is really important to me is um, I have had a lot of trauma in my life. And as a result of that, my brain is hardwired to hold on to all of the bad things. And so looking back and like really making myself look at what were the amazing things that happened um, this year? And so for me, um, a vet med related thing um, was uh, we got Amboni uh, on the arthritis shot and she is doing much, much better. And I'm like, what an amazing development uh, in veterinary medicine. And I was wondering what your, what are your looking back on this last year? What are things that you have seen in vet med that you're like, this is exciting and I want to not forget the excitement of this. There, so I love that you say that. There are so many things in vet medicine right now that I think are amazingly cool that I am super excited. I mean, the monoclonal antibodies for arthritis yes. is is like so that's huge. magic. I yeah. mean, it's magic. It's like little it magic. Is, it is, it is it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like, yes, you could lay down the biologic pathway, but even to me, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a doctor, like I, I, and I do the Code of Shame podcast, like I, I, I'm a, I keep up on my CE, and still, like, we're it's approaching magic. a point where medicine is hard for me to differentiate from magic as far as how amazing it is. The, uh, the breakthroughs, the new medications uh, for diabetes, especially in cats, mm-hmm. um, I think that's awesome. I mean, the idea of not having uh, to do to do insulin with with certain cats, and like oh, I'm yeah. just like this is crazy. And the other thing is just this. Um, I mean, I you know there's um, there are there are big drugs. So uh, they've been sponsors of our of our podcast, but I'll mention like Cardalis and um, mm-hmm. Panaquel. Like Panaquel, yeah. this uh, anti anti neutrophilic inflammation drug. And I'm like, yes. I, again, I'm not. I am not speaking on label for them. Like this is not sponsored by them. Anything. I I suspect that we are going to find uses for anti neutrophilic inflammation control that yeah. are beyond pancreatitis. But again, yeah. like we're just we're just coming out with stuff that is um, it is just mind bending. And you know, it's like we're we've got new drugs all over the place that are not. Um, they're not modifications of other drugs. They are new science. Yeah. And then, 
you look at artificial intelligence and I, yes. again, I, I am an optimist, but the idea that artificial intelligence is going to help us with client communications with medical, like with medical treatments and decisions yeah. with second opinions, like there, I mean, there are the opportunities for us. I do not think I'll tell you this. I'm not worried about, about, artificial intelligence. There have been studies in human healthcare about how patients feel about AI and they don't want anywhere near them. They want, they want a human doctor working on them. Like that's what they want. And that medicine is a relationship business. It is a personal connection business. It is a trust business. That's what it is. And AI is not going to take our job away. It is it is no. not. I think I think it is a tool. I think it can be a great tool. I think it could help us with communication and efficiency yeah. and just th thinking through cases. I think the op the potential applications are great. Um no one's going to take away the need for you to look a pet owner in the eye and make them feel safe. Yeah. And and to hear them and to talk to them and to form that relationship with them. That's that work is not going away. And so anyway, I just um, in the field of both technology and in medicine, we are living in a terrifyingly glorious time in that yeah. things are changing so fast. I, I am I you know I'm I'm absolutely I, I'm just excited to see where we are in five years. I feel like the 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 change curve is just ramping up and I'm just going, oh my God. For sure. The tools in our the tools in our toolbox are just just overflowing, I think. Um it's just I don't know. I'm I'm super I'm super excited about it. So I that, that was a big that was a big thing for me. Yeah, I love it. Uh when uh when the pancreatitis drug came out, uh my terrier was like so what I'm hearing is I can eat the turkey this year. And I yeah. was like, that's yeah. not what that means. And she's like, I'm pretty that's, sure that's what that means. Uh, pretty so sure is what it means. We've been having that discussion this year. Uh, but I, I look oh, at it ooh, and it's amazing. Ooh, I got yes. one more. Tell me. I got one more. Tell me. So, uh, so this year in the last year, I have been running into not one, but multiple practices that have brought in point of service or point of care ultrasound machines mm -hmm. where they'll do ultrasound in their clinic and they'll have a radiologist real time yes. looking at the scan and doing it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, this is amazing. And practitioners are learning ultrasound because if you've got someone going, Oh, turn your hand this way and turn your hand that way. And mm -hmm. then you're, you're actually doing it. You can do it. And the thing that most makes me happy is I've got a lot of clinics are working with an uncharted that have technicians in there yeah. doing these scans, working with a radiologist. And now we got technicians doing ultrasonography. And I'm like, this is awesome. If you had said to me eight years ago, 10 years ago, Hey, Andy, in 10 years, the technicians, veterinary technicians are going to be doing ultrasounds. I'll be mm -hmm. like, dude, we don't have doctors. Do like I know a handful of doctors who are yeah. really uh, general practice doctors that are, yep. that are competent in ultrasound. Like no way. It's like, Oh yeah. It, 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 it's where we are. And so anyway, I'm sorry, but that just, that's just a thing in medicine that inspires and excites me. Yeah. I love it. Um, I love the, you talked about uh, AI uh, and I love uh, some of the new technologies that are out with uh, ChatGPT and being able to use it to um, onboard some people uh, in easier ways. So you're not taking away the connection, 
Um, but they're able to like, you can set up your whole handbook and they can be like, Hey, do we get labor day off? And it can answer them and it can tell them yeah. how to submit their requests. And like, it takes some of the fear. Um, I remember being some at a, at a new practice and uh, somebody was onboarded at the same time with me. And um, we were talking about something and she's like, yeah, I, I missed this birthday party. And I was like, you, you know, you have time off. Right. And she's like, yeah, I didn't know how to ask for it. And I was like, Ooh. Oh my gosh. Like, and they were new. And so they were scared and it was a big practice yeah. and they'd come from a small practice. And I was like, Oh, like what, what a way to make people uh, feel safe asking questions that might have felt stupid. Um, yeah. you know, uh, so I, I love that. Uh, I love that so much. And I am very excited about the direction uh, that treatments and medications are going. Um, and I will absolutely sign up for uh, my once a month arthritis shot as soon as it is available to me. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we, we've got a we've got a friend, Brandon Brashear. We who do. Runs the veterinary marketing podcast. Yeah. And that guy, that guy just launched a chat GPT powered chatbot that has been trained on his content and podcast yes. so that you can ask this thing questions and it will respond based on what has has studied of him. And I'm just like, this is, that's crazy. That's so, I mean, so cool, but it just, just the implications for down the road. I just think, I just think they're really cool. Yeah. But that's, yeah. that's fantastic. Uh, so I, we had been talking about uh, reflection and, um, one of the things that I uh, I like to look at um, is how do I take the things that worked really well for me this year and like encourage myself to have those experiences uh, next year. And I can tell you that one of the things that uh, this year um, was just a, a tremendous blessing in my life was I took a road trip with my dad. Um, my dad is 81. He has congestive heart failure. And, uh, and uh, we took this, uh, this road trip and we had so much fun and we uh, laughed so much and we told stories and we drove a route that he drives all the time um, up to my brother's house in Washington. And he showed me things from his childhood and where people had, you know, that I knew had lived Um and that's something that if I have uh, other opportunities with family members to do things like that, where I can share something with them uh, and learn more about them, I want to I want to repeat that experience. So, what about you in your life, personal, professional? Um, do you want to figure out how to bring more of into next year? Like, what did you do this oh, year man. that you're like, I want to repeat this experience? Yeah, there's, so I got, I got a couple that are big. Um, the, so the first one I'll put down is this, and it's a little bit heavy, but it is still, this has obviously dominated my last year. So one year ago from right now, Jamie, yeah. um, it would have been one week from when we're recording until my wife started radiation therapy yep. for breast cancer. So she would have, a year ago, she would have just had surgery. And then we were, we decided to schedule the start of radiation after the Thanksgiving holiday so we could do that and not 
having yeah. weirdness, you know, um, at, at, you know, at Thanksgiving as far as the way she felt or just, just to sort of try to put it off and, and say, this is what I'm doing. And, and then we'll, we'll start this journey after, after the holiday. And so, um, again, and just so everybody knows, so like Allison is, she's doing great. She's fine. It's been a year. Everything, everything is fine. Treatment was wonderful. We were really fortunate and everything is good. So I don't want anyone to have that sort of hang over them. However, I will tell you, nothing in my life has put things into clearer perspective than my wife going through cancer treatment. Yeah. As far as, as far as the ability to go, that's, I'm sorry. I know you think that's a big deal. That's not a big deal. You know? Yes. <laughs> just, just being able, I mean, yeah. honestly, I have, I have, there's a thing I am proud of, of my, of myself over the last year is just to go, I, in the past, I would have felt this was very important. And. <laughs> I still understand that you think it's very important and I want to empathize with you. But also, just so you know, this is I am not going to think about this after I leave here because this is not that important. It's you yeah. know, it's just not. And so I think I think that perspective, which I would not wish on anyone, but it well earned, um, it is it is definitely it is definitely useful. So one of it is that perspective of what really matters. Like I I acquired that in the last year. Uh, in a way, I wish I hadn't, but now now I have it. I'm glad I have it. But that, yeah. that perspective, um, I think uh, the the interpersonal relationship part for the last year is this. Um, you know, there's a book actually, Jamie, that you would love. It's it's by this guy named David Brooks, and it's a brand new book that just came out in November, and it's called uh, How to Know a Person. I believe that's what it's called. How to Know a Person, mm-hmm. and um, it is all about sort of depth of relationship. And, and I've, I've really, I've really, I've loved the messaging in it. And basically the, the number one takeaway for me in reading this was there's a difference in analytical questions and exploratory questions. And I have lived my life asking analytical questions. I would say, Jamie, what did you, uh, what did you do for the weekend? Did you have fun? Um, yeah. Jamie is, is this done? How long did that take? Uh, you how did it go? Uh, did you enjoy it? Would you recommend this? These are all questions that are basically questions I used to judge. I'm, I'm trying to judge the whole way of, is that something I want to do? Um, how long did it take? What, what was involved in this? How big an investment of it? Um, did it accomplish your goals for you? And those are sort of analytical evaluation sort of questions. Mm-hmm. And the the other kind of question is the exploratory question, which as I was reading about it, it's like, I'm, I have never been good at this. I think it's because I've always, I'm, I'm a goal oriented person. I am always trying to go somewhere and, and make things happen. And I have things I want to do. And so I'm really bad at asking questions like, why, why was that the choice that you made? Or how did you come to believe that? Or, um, if you could go back and do it again, what would you do differently? Uh, those are not evaluation. Those are genuine exploratory question. If you could, um, if you could relive one thing in your life, what, what would that thing be? If, if you could do anything before you died, what would you want to do? And a younger Andy would have probably rolled his eyes at those questions and Mm -hmm. said, I don't have time for that. I don't like, what does that get me? I don't have time for that. Yeah. But but what I have found is asking questions like that people people want to sh- they want to share and most 
most of the time, no one really asks us about ourselves. I think people are usually flattered and kind of surprised that you would care yeah. who they wish they could spend more time with. You know, yeah. like they just, and again, I, I, I was really moved by that. And so those sorts of, you know, tell me, tell me about why, why you think that. Tell, tell me about what's important to you when you go out on these trips. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter, Jacqueline, turned 15 in January, and she got her, li- her learner's permit. And so she's about to get her license. And she was very serious about getting a lot of driving time in and getting a lot of experience. And so um, she went driving as often as she could. Yeah. And my wife is amazing, but... She does not like to not have control. <laughs> and sure. so sitting in the passenger seat with our teenage daughter driving is not an experience that she took to. Uh, she went, I think she went one time and she came back and she was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. And so I, I was tagged in, which again, I'm, I'm fine with. I, maybe I have a more cavalier <laughs> approach to my own personal safety. I don't know. But uh, I, I have been the designated rider. And over the last year, Jacqueline and I have probably logged a hundred and some hours of just riding around. Yeah. And when we ride around, she just talks to me and I yeah. just ask her, I'll say, what did you do at school today? And then she'll tell me. And then I'll ask the follow up question of what, uh, what did you learn today? Or, oh, uh, tell me what kind of interactions do you have with that person? Or, yeah. you know, of, of the people who are here do you know any of them better, uh, less well than, than others? And it's just, it's just starting to kind of pick her, pick her brain. And very quickly, it just gets her talking about her friends and what's going on in her mind and what yeah. she's thinking about. And, and it's just, I feel like I know my 15 year old daughter in a way that most people wish they yes. knew their 15 year olds, you know? Um, and, and I, I don't want that to end that, and I don't think there's a way to shortcut it. I don't think that you no. can be like, I'm going to have this relationship and I'm going to show up. I'm going to ask these questions and then I can check it off my to-do list and relationship managed. I think, I think at some point you have to just be there and not be on your phone mm-hmm. and just ask the question and listen. And I've still got time to do that with my oldest daughter before she disappears for good. And I definitely got time to do it with my younger daughter. Yeah. And so I, I definitely want to do that. But, but I, Jamie, I, I found this going to the vet clinic and just asking people, what'd you do with your weekend? And then they tell you, and then you have a follow-up question, yes. which is why did, why did you decide to go camping there? Like what, what yeah. is it that made yes. you want to go there? Yeah. Absolutely. And that seems like a dumb question, no. but suddenly people are talking to you about how they, uh, they've, they have this dream of doing all of these things and they've stayed in all these places and you know, what, like whatever their thing is. And you're just learning about what they actually think. Um, and it, it's just, I don't know. I want to, I want to hold on to that. And so that interpersonal relationship is, is one. And the last one I would say is, um, I, I think, I don't know how much of it is our business changing and uncharted really growing in size significantly and how much it is me getting older, but I used to scoff at the idea that patience is a virtue. Like patience is a virtue if you're tired. Like mm-hmm. I got things to do. And I have been humbled in the best way possible as far as understanding that slowing down 
to get everyone rowing in the same direction is sure. worth the investment. Yeah. And I, I always felt in my career that being nimble was what mattered. <clears throat> it was to be able to move quickly and get things done and switch and get other things done or multitask or whatever. And now in the last year with Uncharted growing the way it has, I recognize the power of getting everyone in a in a significant organization rowing together mm -hmm. in the same direction and how much you can accomplish but the way you do that is not going fast it is yeah. slowing down it's having an extra conversation to make sure that everybody's really on the same page as opposed to nine different conversations when something breaks because we yeah. weren't on the same page and now we got to fix it. And so anyway, those are, those are, those are my, those are my big things. I think. I love it. I am so proud to unveil the biggest project I have ever worked on. This is a partnership with NAVC's Vetfolio and Uncharted, which is the uh, veterinary conference that I started and run for 15 years. I have worked with people on being effective as communicators and making their practice better places to be. Now, I am so thrilled to be launching the Leadership Essentials Certificate with Uncharted and Vetfolio. Guys, these are the seven courses that I I believe, really believe, anyone who's leading other people in vet medicine should have. This is vision and value setting. This is basic strategic planning. It is understanding different communication styles. And I have my friend Stephanie Goss uh, helping teach that session. It is uh, getting the team to buy in to new ideas and initiatives. It is how to coach and give feedback. It is how to set priorities. It is how to delegate effectively. It is how to do time management. It is the talks and the stories that I am probably most well known for giving. My red dot talk is in here. My GPA talk is in here. Everything about the North Stars, everything that I lay out where I'm like, this is just so essential to managing people. It's, it's the trust game. It is everything about building and maintaining trust with your team. I think that this is something that I would recommend for anyone who is a practice owner. Uh, it's anyone, definitely who's becoming a new practice owner. It is for anybody who has especially gotten promoted up into management. It is huge for our team leads. We take people who are CSRs, we take people who are technicians, and we make them lead techs or lead CSRs, and we give them zero leadership or management training. There's no excuse for that anymore. This is uh, this is on demand yeah, whenever you want. Uh, it's broken up. It's eight hours. It's got race CE. It has the uncharted vetfolio certificate with it. It is it is there, it is accessible. I, I really hope that people will take this and put it to work. I, I went really hard on this. It has been years in the making and refining to get this content down and right. So it is it is really for is everybody who is leading and managing other people in vet medicine. I hope you will check it out. I'm so proud of it. I'm so glad to be partnering with NAVC on it. Anyway, guys, I'll put links in the show notes. I hope you'll have a look. Let's get back into this episode. Um, that's going to lead into my next question is like, what do you want to take in? Uh, it's a similar question, but like, what do you want more of next year? And so I'm going to start with, um, you've been doing these exercises with us, um, on the team and, uh, yeah. and you have done a lot of training with us over the years. Um, but you, you're sneaky. Like you don't tell us that we're doing <laughs> training is, is what happens. And so 
uh, you kind of learn uh, without knowing that you're learning something. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're like emulating that behavior and you're like, oh, I, I learned that from Andy and the team when we were doing this thing. But you've done some really intentional training with us and you make it fun and you're like, hey, let's invent this situation. And like, how would we handle that situation? And, um, you know, we've we've invented a product um, and yep. we uh, we have talked about how we would talk about building the product and all of those kinds of things. And I have um, I really enjoyed that. Um, and, uh, as soon as someone says, we're going to, we're going to do, uh, role-playing or we're going to do, uh, a (laughs) exercise, I'm like, it's a shame I took so much Benadryl and can't participate. Um, (laughs) I can't, I I I have to sit quietly. I'm sorry. I hate this. Um, I have really enjoyed it and it's allowed me, I came from emergency and critical care and it has allowed me to flex those muscles in different ways because you're not asking us to solve a problem that we currently have. We're solving a hypothetical problem that Mm -hmm. nobody is emotionally invested in. And that has allowed me to step out of um, a lot of my thought processes, which I can be extremely rigid in how I think. Um, And it's allowed me to step out of that because we're not talking about, um, you know, we're, we're not talking about the fact that, someone once again did not refill the paper paper towel holder. Um, We're talking about like, what if we reinvented the paper towel holder and like, it's completely different. And I love that. So that's something that I want more of in uh, 2024. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And I'm hoping, um, uh, I'm just going to put this out there into the world because I think that words matter. I'm really hoping that we can take that to, uh, other people so that they can learn from that experience. So I'm just going to put it out there because I think it's a really uh, a unique way to learn that we don't, uh, we don't get a, a lot of, you know, we're, uh, yeah. we, it, it's so in some ways we're so rigid because we're like, see one, do one, teach one. And it's always the same, like it's the way that you learn to put it in IV catheter was the way that that person taught you. Um, and so you yeah. fold the tape the way that that person taught you. Um, and instead of like a, what if we were going to totally reinvent this process, how would we do it different? Um, so I, oh, that's yeah. something that I want to take in. Uh, and so then what do you want to take less of into 2024? Oh, what do I want to take less of? Yeah. Oh man. Oh, you threw me a curveball. I um, did. What do you want to, what do you want to let go of? And, uh, we're not like oh, okay. entirely, but take less up into 2024. Yeah. 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 I, I've got one. Um, I, so one of the things that I have had to learn in this last year, and this is, this is the thing that I am, I am wrestling with. Right. So it's funny. I, I, I can tell you what my personal development challenges are. Cause I have them. And again, it's funny. We come on here and I'm always like, Oh, these are things that people should work on. Yeah. And, and sometimes people, people will say, well, Andy, what are you working on? And I'm like, I'll give you a list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of them, it, w- one of them is a hundred percent patience. Like I am not wired to be patient. I see the value of it and I am, I am working to be more patient and to slow down to get everyone yeah. on the same page. I say, I see the value. It does not come easily to me and it is a constant work in progress. And so patience, trusting in the process of getting people on the same page, that that will actually result in the outcomes that I want faster later on. Sure. There's that. 
but then but then the the bigger um the bigger one that I am trying to work on is not internalizing so much the emotions of other people around me. And that's a balance because I'm not saying I'm trying to be less empathetic. Yes. But at the same time, so, so my, my dad always said, you know, as a parent, you're only as happy as your least happy kid, you know? And so he said that. And I have found that kind of to be true in parenthood like when my kids are having a hard time it clings to me i there's not much of a scenario where my kids really struggling and i'm out singing a song and having a dance party you know like that doesn't tend to happen but what i've also found is that i carry some of that to my employees and to people that i work with and i tend to internalize the emotions of of the team and if my team or employees are not happy, that makes it hard for me to be happy. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing when you've got four employees, <laughs> you can probably make it like that. Uh, but, but, but when, when you, you cross but, a dozen, yeah, and if one of you them can't in be menopause. Happy, <laughs> <laughs> if if I can't be happy unless all of my employees are happy, yeah. I'm never going to be happy. Yeah. And and that does not mean I'm dismissive of them or I don't nope. care. But I can't. Every time they're like, oh, my God, this is I'm exhausted and this is hard and I had an awful day and I'm unhappy. It never ends. And I don't mean yeah. that in a bad way to dunk no. on my people because I I have those days every 12 days or so also. But the thing is, when I have a bad day every 12 days, that's one thing. When I have 12 people and each one of them is having yes. a bad day one after the other after the other, then yeah. I as the boss who care deeply about how my employees are doing, yes. I never I, I'm always having bad days. And like I that's just not sustainable for me. And so I, I am working on hearing people yeah. and I am working on cognitive empathy of understanding how they feel and then also not going into emotional empathy of internalizing their frustration, yeah. their fears and balancing sort of the anxiety part of that, where as a business owner, you catastrophize. Sure. So when your people are like, I'm unhappy, what I hear is. I'm going to quit and take half the staff with me and And tell all the clients that this is terrible (laughs) and I'm going to reveal what a horrible pet owner you truly are and you're going to live in the forest in a cardboard box, you know, and I'm like, ah, the charade is up. They're going to find out I'm a fraud. It's all over. And uh, like, I can't, you just, you can't, it's funny, you can do that for a while, but at some point, I, most of my growth comes from just getting tired. Yeah. Until, until finally I'm yeah. like, like, look, it's, it's not enlightenment. It's exhaustion. I just, yeah. I can't continue yeah. to feel this or care or care this much. And so I have to, I've got to get better at, 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 at seeing this and not ignoring it, but also not internalizing it. And so that's, that's what I want to, that's what I want to do. Myself. Yeah. That's funny because that's very similar uh, to, to mine. I have, I have two things and I think that they go together and so one of them is um, I have um, always internalized everything. Um, like mm. the the checker at the grocery store could have cancer and I feel guilty. 
Um, and, and I'm like, I had nothing to do with this. Like I'm literally driving through this non-organic food. Yeah, that's I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, and I forgot to bring my own bags in this time. Um, so I I have always internalized things. And so, um, and I have let a lot of, um, not just people, but experiences, um, live in my head rent free. Um, Mm. and so, um, I would like to, in, in 2024, I would like to um, help evict some of the non-paying renters in my yeah. head. With their, I have plenty of people in my life, Andy, who pay to be there. Like they yeah. pay with their energy and their time and their kindness and their generosity and their experiences. And like, I want to help those people take up more space by getting rid of yeah. the people um, and experiences. Um from, you know, over 40 years of experiences that just aren't serving me anymore. And so that's, that is one thing um, that I would like to do. Um, And then another one is, uh, I had been doing really, really well at uh, phrasing things better. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, over the last, uh, I don't know, year especially um and i'm now uh i i am 46 in an early menopause or appropriate menopause i don't know they seem to not know anything at all uh <laughs> human medicine sucks you guys <laughs> uh it's it's been a thing um but in that i have uh i have emotions that i am feeling uh sometimes i feel like i am 16 all over again but i have started reverting to old phrasing so instead of saying um andy i i'm not feeling heard i'm like you're not hearing me which immediately puts the other person on the defensive and then they're not listening to me and so i want to um get to a place where i can take that step back and um rephrase so that I can be heard or I'm not, I'm not instigating um, or adding fuel to whatever fire it might be. Um, And I think about that so many times um, in my younger years in vet med, I think about client conflict and things that I said that just, um, man, I wish I could have gone back to some of those experiences and just said, said it just a little bit differently to make, yeah. to make that difference. Um, so that's, that is mine for 2024. I would like to um, have less free renters in my head um, and yeah. less of a, a reactive uh, language. And I think that the not wanting the reactiveness like that, that was on last year's list too. I think it's going to be there for a while. Cause I've spent so many years being reactive. Right. Oh. And you got to give yourself that, we've talked about giving yourself grace. And so got to find the grace to be able to say, um, I've been doing this for, for 46 years. Uh, it's going to take me a few years to, um, find a different neural pathway and a different way to say it. Um, so I'm, that's, those are my hopes, um, for personally for me, uh, and my hopes for veterinary medicine in 2024 is that we can continue to see these magic uh, advances yeah. that we've been seeing. Um, I I just I I love it. I, I think it's so I think it's so exciting. Um, and things that I want to carry less of into 
um, into 2024. As far as vet med, I think uh, that concept that we talked about um, in a in uh, the the need the need for balance, but like it looks mm-hmm. different for everybody. And I'd like more people to recognize that their balance isn't the same for them as it is for you. And it's not the same for them today as it was 10 years ago. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's I, my I thought. Agree with that. I, I, you know, I, heard, I was talking to Dr. Lily Chen, who I really enjoy. She's a holistic vet in, in California and just, just really smart. And I asked her, you know, it's one of those sort of get to know people kind of questions. Yeah. I, I asked her sort of a philosophic question and I said, do you think that people change Lily? And she kind of looked at me and she thought about it for a minute. And then she said, I don't. She said, I think that you are the same person you were as a child, but you can change how you show up. And I, it really struck me. And I've really thought a lot about that because I yeah. think she's right in that Andy at age 47 is still Andy at age 12. Yeah, like, I am the same part like this. I'm the same person. But boy, I don't show up like I did when I was 12. I don't show up like I did when I was 20. Yeah. I, I can't remember what it was, but my wife Allison said to me just just a little while ago, oh, like we were getting ready to go to Thanksgiving with the family. And I said something like, well, this is sort of the plan that I had sort of thought, this is what I had sort of laid out as a plan and kind of how we can prep the kids and, and how we can participate, you know, at, in Thanksgiving and blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, you know, when we got married, you just rolled into Thanksgiving like you were still 14 and everybody was going to take care of you, you know, and now you you're such a different partner. And it's, I'm the same. I fully plan to eat like I did when I was 14 and crash out in front of the television afterwards. Uh, but I'm going to do the dishes in between those two things, you know, and, and there's a couple other things that I picked up along the way that, that's going to that's going to make things go more smoothly. But anyway, I just think about that as far as like you are who you are, but you can show up differently and showing up differently takes effort because, you know, it, it, it takes effort to change to yeah to change how we how we appear and especially when you get patterns down you're like this is the quick pattern and it's almost like there's a groove worn in the wood that you just slide down to your old behaviors and like not taking the well-worn path that takes extra effort and and i think that that's i don't know i think that's true but i think that that's i think that's one of the realities of of trying to make those types of changes i want to i think the last thing for me that that i want to kind of take in a new year is i I said, um, I said at the beginning of last year, I wanted to be more bored, meaning I, I wanted to be less yeah. distracted. And I, I think I, I think I have had mixed success. I think there have been times I have done well with that and times that I haven't. I think when I ride around with Jacqueline and don't look at my phone, I'm being successful because this is kind of bored. Mm-hmm. It's so bored that we're just talking about her school day at great depth. Um, I still think I want to be more bored. I think I would, I would, change that a little bit i i do think that there's the distraction is is a is a part of the problem i think we live in a world that's so noisy and loud and so many people are trying so hard to get your attention all day every day Mm -hmm. um i think it takes a toll on us and when you were telling the story jamie about like the way that we sort of our phrasing and how we say things, mm-hmm. the difference in success and failure and how we say things is often the headspace that we're in. Part of it is the knowledge of what to say, mm-hmm. but another part of it is, do I have the, 
do I have the emotional energy to not say the immediate yes. right to the point thing 100%. and to go the long way around? Um, I think that I use a I waste a lot of emotional and intellectual energy reading news that doesn't help me and that is not actionable for me in listening to what other people are saying on social media or even on podcasts that again it doesn't really help me it's not actionable um and then when i am dealing with the neighborhood association who are people who are all around me who are talking about things that actually do affect me i don't i don't have enough gas left in the tank yeah or uh, as opposed to if i just rolled in happy to see these people and ready to give my time and listen to them i think i could probably affect my actual life much more much more positively. So anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be more intentional about where I spend my time. We are we are over time. Jamie Holmes, thank you so much for being here and talking about this with me. It's my pleasure. Uh, I look forward to 2024 and looking back and seeing how we did. And that's it. That's what I got for you. Thanks to Jamie Holmes for being here. Thanks to you for being here, guys. Happy New Year. I hope you guys are getting ready for a great 2024. Take care, everybody. I'll talk to you later.